Welcome, welcome everybody to the UGS Community Podcast. I am the king of extra steps. You may refer to me as the king of extra steps or as a goofy goober. I respond to both. I would like to officially introduce myself to everyone as your new podcast host. Guys, it is an honor to be here getting to know you all and for you to get to know me. It's an honor to have you. Thank you, host. It's so much fun to be here. Uh, I am part of the voice acting community right now. Yeah. Uh, yep. We are having a lot of fun in there, uh, and uh, you know, I'm I'm ready to learn from everybody and hopefully do a bit of teaching as well. So I'm excited to be here. As you guys can see, uh, with me today is my trusty sidekick, the host. Not to be confused with me, the the host. Different host. Keep up, host. No, they don't keep up. They already know who it is. It is I, the host. The one and only, the superior host, the regardless, just regardless, I'm the host. Okay, that's clear. <laughs> Let's not get too carried away there, bud. Uh, guys, away. I want to thank you all for... <laughs> I want to thank everybody for joining us today. We appreciate you taking the time to join us live here on the Discord channel. Uh, for those who can't make it uh, live, we have this recorded, uh, and then it is put up in podcast updates. Quick shout out to uh, our editor, Banacor. Yup, yup, Banacor. I've actually had appreciate a few people that just told me we cannot attend the podcast, so we hope it is recorded, and yes, it is recorded, and you can listen to it later. This is for you guys. But for the people who are here live, we have a very interesting show ahead for you all, uh, mostly new and inexperienced members. Today, we're going to be learning a new skill. So stick around. Very exciting. I'm always ready to learn. I hope you are too. But first, our first segment, let's go over a couple server updates, shall we? Just to make sure everybody's on the same page. Um, The Discord team has gone ahead and done a couple role updates, so I just want to quickly mention those. I'd like to give a warm welcome to Didicus as our creative director. Uh, Shocked Bunny as a producer. And Johansenberg as an associate producer. These are all fancy names, aren't they? they Creative they director, are, they are. producer, it's... associate producer. Fancy names for fancy it's people. It's starting to sound a little bit like a, a studio, don't you think? Oh, it is. We're it is a, f- a studio. We're getting places. And I have high hopes getting for it. A- Getting official. Very exciting. Speaking of our staff, uh, I'm excited to announce that uh, there are still openings on the staff team here and there. You can go ahead and find the applications for the teams on the Discord channel under the HR section at the top of the channel list, if you're interested. And that's where you would join us, the staff members. We are a very supportive community and very supportive staff. We like what we do and we do it for our own interest, for the benefit of all. We do it out of our own heart and soul. We enjoy doing it. So if you want to join us and be with this amazing team, you know what to do. And also, have you heard? We are going to have a social media account, actually. Accounts, plural. Not one, just many, multiple accounts over different (laughs) platforms i mean one account per platform but different platforms that's excellent hey that's going to be a great way to get the name out there get the ugs community public do you know how close this is to 
today. It's very close to today. It's actually on Saturday, the 25th of September 2021. So a few days from now, we're going to have social media accounts. Yes, mm -hmm. I'm excited for that. Look like out no for other those. Day. Me too, me too. You've Look out for those and definitely give those that. a follow. Yep, give those a follow as soon as those go live. We are hoping for as much activity on day one as we can get to make sure that the algorithms are on our side. Oh, yeah. So check that out. Um, Shocked Bunny would also like to remind everyone to complete the Creative Commons license agreement in the community policy channel as soon as possible so we can all start collaborating as one company. Also known as the CC license agreement. Yes, the CC license, of course, of course. Uh, I do want to touch on a couple of things here. First of all, our D&D &D channel seems to be going along smoothly. People are working on their projects, their one-off projects here and there. I've heard some ideas here and there, and I'm very, very excited to see what people can produce. What happened on the D&D &D server? The D&D the Tempest server, right? There's a lot yes, yes, that the has Tempest. been going on. I heard whistleblowers here and there, but I'm not allowed to disclose anything. Yet, I can tell you they're having a lot of fun. Can you tell me anything more, or do you also stand with me of the unknown? Uh, you know, in all honesty, uh, I have as much information as you do, which is not much. So I hope to hear from them uh, very soon. Very oh, excited to see will. what they have to offer. We will. <laughs> Very good. Uh, speaking of D&D, &D, as a matter of fact, um, the music department is working on a little competition there. Uh, they are finishing that up. Uh, and they are also having a small competition for our community project, Project Ominous. Ooh, spooky, spooky. spooky. <laughs> I mean, the name yes, just the music ominous. Team. I don't think you should say it ominous. as Project Ominous. I think it should sound like this. Project Ominous. Project Ominous. <laughs> Imagine yes, if Project Ominous spooky. released on Halloween. Oh, how cool <laughs> would that be? So fitting. The theme. Excellent. Yes, they're hard at work. Uh, Bunny also wanted to mention that uh, they're working on new ways to include the community. Uh, one method being like a small scale production pipeline that will focus on quick turnaround for all elements of the game. Uh, it'll be broken up into segments. And for each segment, community members will be able to go through a training process to obtain the tools necessary to complete required tasks. So that'll give the opportunity to some of the new people to, you know, get a chance to learn what kinds of programs we're working with and you know explore something that they might not be as well versed in so i'm excited to see that roll out there are a lot uh, of exciting writing things that are happening here yes yes Just yes many many together mashed up together making up an exciting story and hey, that's what a studio is all about, is coming up with a, a, a community story and you know, putting all of our combined efforts and talents into that to create something beautiful. Yes, you indeed. Know? Yes, indeed. 
I'm exciting. And of course, our writing department is hard at work on their foundation of a story. The development team is hard at work on a prototype to test the graphics. Uh, and then, like I mentioned, the music department has a, uh, has had a competition. I think they're still currently having that competition uh, to create a soundtrack to a potential project ominous trailer. Ooh. Another, another spooky business here. Spooky, Indeed. scary skeleton. All right. <laughs> Uh, I believe you can still submit applications for that. So if you're in the music department, slide over in that direction and uh, show us what you got. All right. Speaking of music, that actually brings us to our next segment here. Uh, I wanted to work together with uh, department heads to increase community engagement. So to help us discuss future endeavors, we asked one of our department heads to join us today. Guys, please help me give a warm, warm welcome to the head of the music department, Mr. Benjamin. Hello, everybody. How are we doing today? Glad you can make it out today, Benjamin. Dude, thank you so much for joining us today, man. I'm, I'm sure you've got a very busy schedule, but we appreciate you taking the time. Of course, of course. Anything to just kind of, you know, come out and, you know, see people and come and co have a conversation and maybe even teach people a few things along the way is always enjoyable. Absolutely. That's what you're here for. So, Ben, uh, kind of explain for the people who aren't quite familiar with you, what exactly is your role here in the UGS? Uh, for me, my role is to, uh, as a department head, I am to lead musicians in um, a lot of aspects of music, whether it be um, teaching them composition. I myself am still learning a lot as this generally is outside of my wheelhouse. So I myself as a department head, am still learning quite a bit. But for me, my job is to kind of lead people in the right direction. Um, you know, get information from Didacus and some of the people who are above me in the staff and just kind of filter it down so that way we can all continue to work and be very productive and get a lot of work done and have a really good quality to it. Fantastic, man. Yeah, you said you're working with the development team there. Um, how did you uh, how did you get to be the, the head of music? What, what was that process like? Um, that pro that process um, was day one. I was just kind of like we were in a VC. It was just VC one with a bunch of musicians. And eventually I was just like saying, hey, welcome to the music chat. My name's Benjamin. And, you know, I play these instruments, uh, just kind of getting an information from the musicians who were joining the call. And, you know, eventually they were just like, hey, we want you to kind of like be our representative when it comes to um, voicing our opinions to the staff members and all that kind of stuff. And eventually, you know, it was just like, you know, hey, we're going to make you head of music. And so that's just kind of how I got here. Nice, man. Well, hey, you seem well, uh, well versed in the music department. Uh, how long have you been uh, playing music, if I can ask? Uh, it is almost a decade now. Uh, a good portion of my life. Of time. That's the answer. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, since the beginning of the known universe, I have been doing music, and um, there's always something new to learn. Uh, I was in orchestra from sixth grade to uh, all the way up until I graduated high school, and continued to write afterwards. Uh, band wow. from high school on. Wow. Nice man, nice. How, uh, what, what kinds of instruments do you play? Um, I can I can play almost any instrument. I'm my um, 
I would say my skill set is more in music composition, as in creating the music and putting composition together on a sheet, which is putting notes together and creating the song as a whole. That is where my specialty lies. But my primary four instruments would be a trombone, a cello, a drum set, and contrabass. That's excellent, man. Those are fantastic instruments. I love hearing those, especially when they have some solos here and there. Love hearing those, man. That's awesome. So uh, your your composition background is super, super helpful in uh, our server, at least here, being the head of music. You're you know, in charge of putting all of that together. Um, tell me about uh, your, your video game history and uh, what, what kind of uh, video games that you're into. Um, my video game history is a very long and sordid history, so I'll keep it brief. Uh, first video game I ever played was Halo Combat Evolved on my godmother's laptop at the age of seven. Worst gaming experience if it was re- ever recorded to be seen by the world. Um, now, as a 21-year-old, I spend a lot of my time just kind of playing whatever comes my way if... Um, say for instance someone in the server was like hey man you want to come play League of Legends I'll preferably prefer not to play it but because someone's asking me to and we're having fun I'll go and play it and I'll record it and just kind of have a good time and for the most part I do mainly stick to first person shooters as that is my specialty with 6,000 hours in Counter-Strike but that is just my preference that's something in common you have between you two (laughs) absolutely yeah i'm more of an fps guy myself absolutely we'll have to jump on something like that sometime soon if you play valorant or something we'll we'll get in there definitely (laughs) absolutely man cool well hey that uh, that that kind of ties into a question that i had for you as the department head of music for a video game studio what do you hope to bring to the table as far as uh, a game composition there Um, For game composition, I would say it's one thing I've learned is that when you write classical music, there isn't really much of a motif where it's, you know, you're just in classical composition. You're always have a moving melody line that may be passed around from instrument to instrument. But when you're bringing it to the table of a game, you have to completely switch gears and create what is called a motif. A motif is a recurring theme or a group of notes or melody that signifies something to the game or a specific character or um, a motif for an environment or something along those lines. So I'm shifting from myself as a classical composer, music composer, to Mm -hmm. learning how to create motifs that will maybe inspire something within the people who are working on the game to go, hey, I like that, but maybe it can be better. And then just continue to create music. And music is just awesome. I know Benjamin created music and all music is fun in all ways. But I have a question for you. What is your favorite game soundtrack? And let me guess, Halo 5. No, actually, Ooh. it's not. One Switch of my it up on him. one of my favorites is actually kind of a smaller game, but still well known. Would be Life is Strange. Life is Strange. Oh, that's an interesting. Yeah, it's a good one. story game. It's not even an FPS mm. game. Also, a part of the story I for uh, history of gaming I forgot to mention. I also do quite a bit of story games as well. Oh, I have one interesting game coming up for me, too. So 
How interesting. There you go. <laughs> yep. Very um, nice. Yeah. But I've, I remember I played Life is Strange when it came out in 2015. As a 15-year-old, I didn't really understand all the intricacies of the music, but it the point of the music wasn't to be the main character. It's to help you come in and really draw you into the world. Indulge. And on Yes, and uh King, on you when you were asking like what it, what my job what I want to bring to the table mm-hmm. is when I make the music that I want it to draw in the player. I want them I don't want the music to be like front and center, you know, making all this just kind of like a small gentle push that's consistent, helping you to dive into the game and really be immersed in what it is to be in the game and follow the character and feel the emotion because music guides emotion. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. I can can think of numerous uh, uh, examples of video games that have just these memorable soundtracks and you can you can hear them and immediately think of a a specific moment in that game. I'll give you a great example. Legend of Zelda. You know, everybody can uh, remember the do 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 do. And that brings back the memory of that video game. Exactly. The memorability of that music is Definitely, you definitely know, key. So. Some people that just mute music, they commit a crime by muting the music when playing a, a video game. I can understand for FPS I, you want to focus, but for a story game, God. Oh. Uh, and and yeah. that is huh. one thing that, you know, because uh, sometimes I don't always have access to the games I want, so I'll watch a walkthrough. And, you know, when you're on YouTube, you're on Twitch, you have to mute those things so you don't get demonetized or get strikes or any number of things. And I wish they would change that so that way you get the full effect because sometimes they have that like actual like um, music that's produced and copyrighted um, from an actual artist and it's um, you know that you don't get the full effect of the game because you are missing bits and pieces of the music or scoring or um, copyrighted songs that would help influence the time of that point in the game where all of a sudden you know there's supposed to be music but it's just quiet. You don't have any backing track. You don't have any noise except the conversation going on. Or it's just a slow pan around an environment with no sound. Yeah, absolutely. I I agree on the the, the point that music is super important and uh, the soundtrack is super important in bringing life to the game, really. Uh, Especially in, uh, like Host was saying, the story games is, you know, if you don't it's like if you don't have that music in the background there's just something about it that's missing you know it's just I can agree. a feeling on absolutely the inside it's just missing so that's awesome no i i really look forward to seeing what you bring to the table on our projects at least uh but uh as as far as the music aspect goes i did have a couple of questions for you as far as how to do some of these things and maybe you know some people that aren't as well versed in music that are listening in can kind of follow along and kind of better understand what it is that we're talking about when we say motifs and setting the mood and stuff like that so uh, ben for the folks listening in that you know may not be part of the music department can you help explain you know how to achieve some of the things that we're talking about um, so when you're creating a motif, the, mo- the motif is a reoccurring theme. And for the most part, for me as a composer, I do know quite a few chords, but I use mostly what are called major chords. Those are your most common chords in music from my understanding. 
So minor chords are a little bit off. They kind of give you a little bit of a different feeling versus major chords are more, I would say, progressive in movement versus minor chords, which have a slightly more dissonant sound to them. So for Project Ominous, I'm looking at some more minor chord wise to kind of bring in a little bit more of a... Um, dissonant sound i would say yeah on uh, along the darker side of things i can see how that would work yeah absolutely Uh, as far as what major and minor chords are um chords in general might be a little confusing because i've i myself have tried to teach some people how to you know play music on a piano or on a guitar and when i say chord they're like well what's a chord it's a c chord what's a c chord so could you kind of could you kind of break that down Okay. Ben- Benjamin. So, I just remembered something. I just remembered the day you tried to teach me music. Oh, that was <laughs> we spent not fun. An hour, one full hour with Benjamin trying to explain to me the musical notation. I had no idea what this man was speaking about. A full hour. <laughs> so, Benjamin, would you like to explain now? Please. Again. Okay. So the difference between uh, the difference between a major and minor chord comes down to one simple change, the third note in the scale. A major chord contains the first, third, and fifth degree of the major scale. So you would have, I would say, about seven notes in a, in a scale. So mm-hmm. the third note changes, and the first and fifth do not change. So you're changing normally, so... For the D scale would be D, E, F sharp, G, A, B flat, C, D, and then you would bring it back down. That would be the scale. So that would be the, that would be the D major scale. Mm-hmm. So it would be D, E, F natural, G, A, B natural, uh, wait, no, B flat, C, D. That would be so. You're changing that third note. Ah, uh, I see. So you're just changing one little note, and that will change the way the chord sounds entirely. So, and then for the most part, I kind of ignore chords for the most part, mm-hmm. and then do what's called an accidental. So an accidental is very simple. When you have no key, when you have no key setting, so everything is a natural sound on your instrument. I would add a flat, which lowers the tone, or add a sharp, which makes the tone slightly higher. So that way you can always have that natural sound, but then you can, and then you can consistently bring it into a more uh, flat and ominous kind of sounding, like ominous sound, or you can sharp it and bring it up into a more higher and happier tone is the best way I would describe it. I see what he did there with ominous sound. I see that. (laughs) I see what you did there, Benjamin. I appreciate that. That was unintentional, I promise. Really tying it all together. That was honestly unintentional. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Yeah. So even even the, just the slightest change of one note can completely change the entire mood of a piece, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. That is so true and so well put. I appreciate you. I I try, my man. I, I want to make hey, sure that everybody understands that what try. it is that we're saying. And I do apologize. Kind of follow along. Benjamin, I do apologize for, no, for you're me fine. not understanding one hour of one-on-one. <laughs> I'm sorry. 
You deserve and that apology. To be f- <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I will take it, but honestly, teaching... Uh, I'm sorry to kind of get a little off track here, but teaching is so much fun because teaching is being able to show someone some like for me i actually used to teach music when i was in high school as a quote-unquote class pet i would teach and help other people learn their instruments so that way they can sight read music because when it comes to sight reading um you what happens is you have your instrument and you have a piece of paper that's put in front of you with everything written for you you have your keys and everything and the goal when you first sit down, when they when your teacher hands you a fresh piece of paper, mm-hmm. is that normally what we do was the entire the entire band would play through it once. And then on average, my reading rate was about 80% accurate. So for every 80 notes I played, I missed 20. Wow. <laughs> so to be fair, I'm really good at reading, and that's why my composition skills are very good. Yeah, that's very good. But it, and I, I have a passion for finding people to and trying to maybe maybe even if they don't truly understand it, they might find it intriguing enough that they will be able to maybe find someone who can teach it the way that they will understand. And I try my best to do that the first time around, but you don't always get it right. And everyone is different. The host is different from me. I spent no time learning how to read music once i learned where each note goes in my preferred clef which is bass i knew exactly where each note was and i just had to learn figurings fingerings on the um in orchestra Mm -hmm. and then slide positions on trombone that was all it took and once i had that my reading accuracy went from a 50 to an 80 i'm more of a treble guy myself (laughs) okay that's only one step higher from ev- so my F would be your A. Mm-hmm. So I understand what you're saying, but teaching to me is something that is so much fun because you get to impart wisdom upon somebody. And when, especially when they are in, like when they do music as well, and maybe you're m- more well versed, you can impart some knowledge. And I myself am getting knowledge from a lot of people in my department. Um, Axis and you know some of the other people in my department who use FL Studios are still helping me learn and get better at it so I can make better music. So just teaching is just a way to impart knowledge and help someone get better at something if they may not be quite as proficient as they would like to be. Absolutely, man. That's awesome. And th- that's amazing that you're so willing to you know put yourself out there as the, uh, I guess, the professional in on this part of the department that's super cool and and i would definitely not call myself a professional i would call myself a semi-professional because in a lot of aspects i am very amateur but when it comes to composition i would definitely say i'm a professional well sure sure yeah like everybody can always keep learning yeah and that's the fun part is that no matter how much you think you know there's always something you know which means Today, I could learn how to use a new uh, digital, ar- digital digital audio workspace or mm-hmm. DAW today and then go, cool, I can spend the next three months learning every tiny aspect of that. And then the next three months, I can get another one and I can just keep learning how to do it. So that way I am proficient in the all of that. The more you know, the more yeah. you realize how much you don't know. That rule applies exactly. to everything. Absolutely. Gaming. Yeah, 
yeah, that, gaming as well. There's there's a lot to learn there, and uh, especially on our end of putting together a game, there's so much to learn. So that's that that there is. That's great, man. That's I great. Listen to a, yeah, I find myself listening to a lot of game scores nowadays. Yeah. Oh, uh, that that brings up a great point. What uh, <coughs> so far besides uh, what, what was the game that you mentioned earlier? the soundtrack that you life is strange life is strange right i have heard bits of pieces in that and i agree it is absolutely beautiful uh, but if you had to choose a another soundtrack like a memorable soundtrack which one would you recommend to people to you know begin their oh, journey of you're exploring? putting your spot like that that's so rude well i mean it uh, I wasn't ready for I, that i feel like give me one second i'm sorry i have to look for, i have to look for the um thing real quick. sure while, while you look for that i'll talk uh. about one of mine um I, I for a long time have been playing a franchise called uh, destiny from the bungie studios oh, destiny Oh, it's a wonderful, wonderful game. I've been playing it since 2014 when it came out. And the original soundtrack for that was co-written by Paul McCartney, which absolutely blew my mind that he was a part of a, a video game. It was super, super cool. But like I said, I've been I mean, following you can hear okay. big names. You can hear big names in the video game industry. Absolutely. Uh, you know, big music producers just make music for games. They're good at it, and that's why they make it for games. Yeah, they, okay. they're very good at it. Ben, what do you got? So I kind of have a tie for a couple of them. Ooh, okay. So one of them is by far one of my personal favorite games would be Titanfall 2. The music for that, oh. in my opinion, with its mix of uh, traditional composition with electronic composition and e sort of EDM dubstep kind of music and that classical rising score at the end, absolutely beautiful. But the only competition it has in my head right now is with the Bioshock series. Interesting. Because Bioshock was, I used to watch my sister play that all the time and the music for it is so so amazing and by far my favorite game especially right now as um with the game and when it takes place bioshock infinite okay bioshock infinite okay so because it, because of the time period it takes place in listening to some of that music gives inspiration playing that game gives some musical inspiration from running around in the game Nice. I, I, you know, I, I couldn't really get into the Bioshock series. Like my roommate is such a huge fan as well, and he's been trying to push it on me. But I, I tried playing the very first game and it was a, a very strange experience, to say the least. It's interesting. <laughs> Yeah, the, the the whole premise yes. of uh, being in this uh, new strange civilization uh, and and having to run away from these monster I mean, children King, is King, come on! Video games are just an escape from reality. Oh, Don't play oh, video no games doubt. to mimic your own reality into them. You play them to experience something different, something out of the ordinary. No right? doubt, no doubt, but I don't know. I've never, Absolutely. My, I myself have never really been a huge fan of horror, so getting into the Bioshock was just kind of a a shock to me. So maybe, yeah. maybe I have to I go see what a you little did there. through. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe I have to play through a little bit more or hear that soundtrack that you were talking about to, to really immerse me in that story. 
And on the host note about kind of, and yes, people do play video games for an escape. Mm. And I myself love playing Borderlands 2 because I'm on a foreign planet playing with a bunch of big toys, a.k.a. guns, and I'm blowing stuff up. Who doesn't want to do that with superpowers? I mean, come on. Totally, man. Yeah, that that escape is a, a great point. Um, a, lo- a lot I'd of people that have I... magic than guns in video games, but that's oh. just me. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, you're talking to two FPS people. <laughs> well, I can, yeah. I can, I can win the conversation by telling you that I play all games, including FPS. But that's not the topic of the conversation, is it? That's fair. No. That's fair. We are we are talking about setting the mood. Thank you for getting us back on track, host. Uh, yeah. So uh, sort of going back to our examples uh, in in setting the tone. Uh, you know, we were. We were talking about these soundtracks that, uh, that that come up during very important parts in a video game. Um, if, if we could kind of do like a, a fake example here uh, to, to try to give the audience uh, an example of what we're saying on setting the mood um, for let's use let's use uh, just the premise of project ominous as an example you know we're we're having the the name itself ominous implies darkness and uh, strangeness so uh, despair yeah exactly exactly so for a score and a soundtrack like that what kinds of what kind of of instruments would would one might want to use to create that certain vibe what do you think ben hold on benjamin well, don't answer that yet i oh? think just before oh. instruments before instruments you're going to have things that are enjoyable a lot of reverb a lot of echo a lot of loud things benjamin it's your explosions. turn explosions <laughs> so <laughs> yes um so when it comes to instruments um for me I love low instruments, whether it be low brass, low woodwinds, or low um, orchestra. So normally that would, my my personal favorite when it comes to setting a really dark kind of like undertone, would I would have to give that to either a tuba or a bass. Be- I love bass because it kind of has that weird like um, string, like string on string sound for the, if anyone who's, listen to a bass before if you've gone to a concert or um a sort of um concerto sort of deal you you know that sound and it and it has that like sort of deep raspy sort of sound to it where it brings to life something that sounds a little bit off Mm. where it's just enough naturally where it makes you feel a little bit more grounded but still slightly uncomfortable because it, even when it's quiet, it still has this nice, deep, rich tone to it that helps it stand out, even though it's a building block when it comes to music. Definitely, definitely. Now, moving to maybe creating the motif, I would look towards um, probably a viola in orchestra mm. or a trombone, saxophone, and band as, sorry, as a, um, what were the instruments I just said? Trombone, saxophone, viola, trombone, saxophone (laughs) with the saxophone. You have that more airy sound as you know, you do have that read and mouthpiece. It does have a small airy sound to it, especially when you're playing very quietly. 
Now, as a trombone, you are naturally louder because um, because of the way the instrument is created. You are even your pianos are still somewhat loud, mm-hmm. but you it gives you a chance to create a kind of a more mid-range sound to it to kind of expand and start working and in tandem and complementing the uh, melody of the piece, which I would probably give to the alto sax and the trumpets and flutes and then violin and orchestra. Okay. So with those, those are your traditional melody carrying instruments as they were higher, they're easier to hear and when the melody gets higher in the actual note and octave ranges, mm-hmm. those instruments that are higher pitched get make it easier to go up versus having your bass trying to play a high E on a violin, which just isn't possible. And, you know, playing those notes makes it a little bit more difficult. So it makes it more sense when you want a nice high sounding moving melody you use those instruments totally and i can already hear how this pile of instruments just play into my ear together they all (laughs) fit nicely together absolutely very much that's and i like those that's just kind of the way i look at things is i want them to fit a certain way and because of the way i've been taught and the way i played for years that's how I think about it, is your violas, your basses, your tubas, sousaphones, um, baritones, and trombones, and your barry saxophones are the ones that create the foundation for your music. They are the ones that help you keep time, as they like to play a lot of half notes, mm. quarter notes, whole notes, and eighth notes. And then your mid-range, encompassing your cello, your viola, again, in orchestra, your trombone, your baritone, and your tenor sax. Those create your mid-range where they complement both sides of the spectrum being the foundation and the melody. Yeah. And then your melodies are every other instrument. They are they help create the melody, the moving lines that kind of keep you on the edge of your seat. The foundations are supposed to really draw you in as they start with it low at the beginning of the song where it's nice and slow. The low notes are coming out. They're nice and melodic. And then all of a sudden, you can flip a switch and then switch it over to your um, melody lines, and then they will take it from there, and they can put you on the edge of your seat in four beats. Yeah, You know what I've realized? I've realized that this conversation had just made me know that music is more than just hearing and more about feeling. Don't you agree? Don't you both agree? Oh, absolutely. Yes. And on that, that is uh, one of the things we aim to do in the music department for Project Ominous is we want to make you feel some type of way. We want you, like, even in an emotional scene, we want it to still be quiet, but you can hear, like, the emotion in the song where it's like someone's, like, say, for instance, King and the host, you guys were the main characters, and... The host is dying and King, you're so feeling the emotion. You host is like the best friend you've had since you were born. You guys were born at the same time in the same hospital. Y'all shared the same bed. Your parents are best friends. You guys have known each other for 36 years and you're watching him die. You want you. We want you to be able to feel the emotion. Leave me to die alone. (laughs) I'll miss you. I'll miss you. (laughs) Tell mama I loved her. I will. I will. We'll never forget you. 
Sorrow shall be forgotten. Moving on. Back to back but to the, the point. The, but the point the point is we want you to feel the emotion that the characters are going through because without it, it's just words and words. The way I see it, picture is worth a thousand words. A single melody is worth a million because it pulls the emotion and it helps accentuate the words and the gravity of the situation that they are playing to. Yeah. And I'll give you my favorite example uh, from a movie, which would be the Jaws theme. When we first are introduced to Jaws, you have that underlying uh, uh, cello and uh, double bass. And it builds and it builds and it builds that emotion of uncertainty and fear and terror. So I absolutely see what you're saying as far as building that with instruments. That's excellent. Yep. Yeah, man. Well, great. Cool. I, I, I really think I learned a bit more uh, as far as the music side of things goes. Uh, I hope to work with you more in the future uh, to learn a little bit more about that. Uh, and just before we move on to this, uh, this last segment here, do you have anything, Ben, that you might want to tell uh, newer or less experienced people uh, that are already in the community uh, that, that might want to learn a bit more? Um, so, I mean, if you want to learn a bit more about music, um, for the most part, you will find me floating around, uh, VCs. And if you see me and you have any questions, you maybe want to sit down and learn something. Um, I would be more than happy to, if I have the time and I'm currently not working on project ominous, I would love to sit down with you and, you know, maybe kind of teach you the basics and then, you know, see if you want to go from there. And, um, if not, then, I mean, you're more than welcome to come talk. We can talk shop. We cannot. I'm open for anything. Awesome, man. That's super cool that you're uh, open to chatting with the new people. Uh, again, you can find all of these voice chats a little farther down than where we're at. Um, speaking of questions, though, I did want to do a bit of a Q&A while we have one of our department heads online here. All right. Awesome. Our first question is in uh, from our community manager, Coro. Everybody say hi to Coro. Thanks for coming out today, bud. Uh, this question hi, is for Benjamin. Uh, what do you think about the violin, considering the notes don't have an exact marked place and they're memorized? And how about real recorded music or virtually done? Which will we do? Do you believe real life recorded music has a deeper effect? <laughs> So let's let, um, let's do one one question at a time. Let's start with the violin part. Okay. Um, so when it comes to the violin, um, all instruments normally are don't have any kind of marking indication for uh, where the notes are. Now, when you start in sixth grade or you start learning the instrument at a young age, they will put tape under the strings to mark where each string where each note location is. But as you um, get older and you get used to the memorization and placements of notes, it doesn't really matter because you naturally your fingers will have the muscle memory. It's almost as if playing a video game where your fingers get used to knowing where they need to be. And um, so that's um, kind of like violets. Most instruments are don't come with any specific marking indication of okay, hit this part of the string to create this note. Mm -hmm. It's more intuition at a later date. Yeah, I, I, I was 
friends with a bunch of people who played violin in high school and they would always try to hand it to me just because they knew I had no idea how to do it. And just finding a note on that string without any uh, uh, frets or what they're called on like guitar and stuff. Um, Finding the right note is always so hard. So I, I can only assume that it takes years and years of practice to really get that under your belt. Absolutely. Uh, the, the second part of the question, though, interests me quite a bit. Um, do you believe that real life recorded music has a deeper effect than, say, a MIDI track? I would say yes, but they do still have the same general effect. Um, normally, when you're doing real recorded music, you have a professional sound studio with very high quality um devices to really help bring that um, sound and do it that way because when you do it virtually you kind of run into the um, situation where it doesn't quite have that human feeling it has that very automated robotic feeling to it Mm. so when you're doing that you're kind of missing on the human aspect where sure they may mess up and maybe it makes it sound better because when you because as a human we are bound to make mistakes that is a quantitative in life that you cannot avoid yeah that's human so nature. when you do that sometimes those mistakes turn out to be absolutely beautiful and wonderful and <laughs> make the song more realistic and make it more personal because people make mistakes so when the song quote unquote makes mistakes maybe it improves it maybe it makes it worse but overall it probably makes it a little bit better definitely yeah that human aspect is absolutely important especially when you're playing live you know that you have a group of people that are collectively feeling the same thing while they're playing so that human aspect absolutely is important yep all right, next question here from Jonah. Hey, guys, well, want to know how your day's been. Uh, thanks for checking in, Jonah. Appreciate it, man. I've, I personally have been having a fantastic day. It's been uh, very productive, and, you know, it's my, my first podcast, so I'm feeling great. What about you, host? Well, I'm also feeling great. It's a good day for me, and having a new host on the podcast is always interesting. I don't know how you would perform, and I don't know how you would sound, and there are a lot of interesting things that are happening. All exciting. He so was scared. I'm not scared a of nothing. And I'm not <laughs> You were nervous. nervous. No, I'm not. You sound a little nervous. I don't sound a little nervous. I sound King, sick. don't you think he sounds a little nervous? I don't know. You can kind of hear that, the, the shaking of the hands through the microphone. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> the shaking of the hands. The rattler. <laughs> The, the rattling bones. <laughs> and on my end, I am doing great, you guys. Thank you for that. Um, I am doing great. It's been a little bit of a doozy today, but I'm here. I'm standing, and I really need to go to the bathroom. So that's where how that's where I stand. <laughs> it has it has been almost an hour since we started. That's fair. Uh, we'll we'll wrap it up shortly, and so you can go ahead and do that. But there are a few more ooh. questions in here. Uh, Jarf, a shred guitarist, ooh, fascinating, uh, has a question. Name the most obscure genre of music that you really enjoy listening to. Most obscure genre. Oh, I, actually, okay. So that would be Mongolian throat singing. Oh, yes. Oh, you mean the double I, singing with a high note and low note? Um, I, I think that has... No. I think it's 
part of it. It, it they do touch on that a little bit, but it's it's mostly that that just guttural sort of deal. <laughs> Highly My encourage you to go look that up. Okay. Oh man! Now we're just making a bunch of noises. Right, moving on. <laughs> well, I was throwing We're having fun. All right. Um, Moon from the story team asks Ben, "How would you say you would tackle creating a soundtrack for a game rather than a soundtrack for a movie or a TV or live performances?" Um. So, creating a soundtrack for a game, I would traditionally like to do it digitally, because and. As someone who's learning how to do it digitally now, it's a little bit more complicated than maybe, say, for instance, Jar for Axis, who have been using those things for years and are very proficient in them. But the difference between that would be that, um, like I was saying before, you have a motif. And when you have a motif, you have, to ma- you have to make sure you stick to it. So having that digital thing where you can go, cool, I'm going to copy this from this, and then I'm going to copy it into this instrument... And then you can move it around and tweak it to fit that instrument so it sounds right, makes it easier to keep that motif going within the soundtrack. Now, when you're creating a soundtrack for a movie, TV, slash live performance, those things where the motif doesn't matter as much, it's more of um, just trying to draw people in. You're, it's more about having, like, I would look at it as having fun, but kind of like a job interview at the same time because you are instead of sitting in front of one person asking a few questions it's cool they are it's a completely one-sided conversation as you for instance at a live performance the people on stage are doing all the talking they don't and then it's up to you the audience to go oh heck yeah that was amazing or (laughs) wow that just really sucked Sure. And then they're going to leave or they're going to stay, cheer, and ask for more. Throw tomatoes. So, or throw tomatoes if that is how you're inclined to show your disdain or appreciation I've, for something. I've seen it happen. But <laughs> so have I. But, and I've done it. So there's that. <laughs> You've been Shame on both sides of tomato. Shame on you. <laughs> oh, stop it. But that I would say the difference is, is that for creating a soundtrack, uh, for a game, I would use digital. For all of the other ones, it would be just really go into a studio with all these individual instruments or get groups of instruments at a time into a studio and give them music to play, record it, and then bring it in edit it. Awesome. Awesome. Great points. Um, one one last question for the group here, uh, mainly for Ben, but uh, a host I'm sure you can weigh in. Um, from Moon again from the story team. Ben, how can other departments in a game team help the music progress go along smoother? Oh, that's, <laughs> that's a little bit of a curveball. Um, how can other departments in, in a game team help the music progress go along smoother? Yeah. So for us, um, we look for the more information we have as a music department allows us to know where we need to lead songs and help lead the music for the game. So for us, one of the things I'll give you a little bit of an insider tidbit, nothing that's important, but one of the other department heads came to me and was like, Hey, I want you to create a theme. And I go, what do you mean? He goes like a theme for a character. And I was like, Oh, okay. No problem. And he explained it to me like this. 
well, maybe, um, uh, you know, get like a choral or a vocal voice to help accentuate it. And I was like, okay. So he wants a character theme to go ahead and help create a character, but we can do that. But until we know exactly who that character is, we don't know much about how to lead it that way. Because the more information we have as musicians, the easier it is for us to guide our way th- to make our way through the landscape that is creating the soundtrack. Yeah. Because currently, as we look at it, the landscape is about as flat as a paved road. Nice and smooth, but we don't have anything. But once we're able to get more information from art, from development, from writing, from almost every other department, we can really start putting our heads down and start making music because the more information, the better. Or we're just sitting here creating thousands of tracks with no real direction. I would say every department is dependent on other departments. So we Absolutely. can we can all work as as one team to make something great. The music department would need the story department to tell them how does it, you know, how does the story go? And then we would need the um, the game devs, and we would we would want to see the settings and the modeling, the arts, the 3D, 2D arts, the voice acting department to tell them what voices they should use mm-hmm. or the music department telling us what voices they would need in their audio tracks and onwards back and yeah. forth back and forth until we exactly create something it's a give and take for yeah, everybody hope that answers your question <laughs> yep awesome all right we are we are coming up on an hour here guys i feel like i've talked my head off but i could go on for hours and hours but i won't do that same here. so dang it guys it has been quite the discussion. Hey, I, I want to, uh, real quick before I leave uh, everybody, before we leave, uh, a question for the audience, just to think about, right? Are stories important to make a great video game and why? Think about this and tune in mm. next time for the answer and more on episode six of the UGS Community Podcast. Guys, thank you so very much for listening to us today. I had so much fun discussing music with Ben. So thank you, Ben, for taking the time to join us. Of course, anytime, let me know. Thank you very much to the host for supporting the community and the pod squad. Yup, yup. And remember, guys, the opportunity is out there. Go find yours. We'll see you next time. Rattling bones. <laughs>